This is Radio 4. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Listen. Oh, so it is. But what's that behind it? Oh, that... Oh, that's Radio 3. How can you tell? Well, if you look carefully, you can see that nobody's listening to it. Oh, yes, silly me. I really should have known that, Mr Continuity Announcer. Please, John, call me Continuity. Excuse me, I'd better answer that sound effect. It's a bit old, isn't it? Well, we can only afford second-hand sound effects records on this show. It doesn't sound that old, does it? Hello? Ah, hello, sir. Who is it? It's the head of podcasts. I see, sir. I'll get on with the show right away, sir. Yes, I understand we've got to get everything wrapped up within 15 minutes because you can't afford overtime. And you don't like us making fun of the archers because it's your favourite show, sir. I see, sir. And you don't like me repeating everything you've just said either, sir. Okay, sir. And you don't like the fact that I did it again there, sir. Yes, I'm just about to start the show now, sir. sound of a donkey landing a helicopter tells us that it's time for a brand new green inflatable series of the John Dredge Nothing To Do With Anything show. My name is John Dredge and let me tell you a little bit about myself. I don't live in Market Harborough. Well, I hope that's given you some insight into my little world, but if it hasn't, then in the words of Alfred Lord Tennyson, oh. Anyway, without further words of Alfred Lord Tennyson, let's get this show on the road. the show off the road, please. It's a bit too dangerous for my liking. Thank you. Let us instead meet today's guest, a man who teaches potatoes how to sing. How dare you accuse me of being insane? I beg your pardon? Come here and say that. Um, I am here. You say that now. Yes, but, um... And another thing, why wasn't my forthcoming appearance on the one show mentioned in your introduction? I didn't know you were going to appear on the one show. Well, I'm not, but I might have been. And then you would have looked ridiculous, wouldn't you? Ridiculous. R-I-D-I-V. And another thing. Sorry, how many other things are there going to be? I really would like to get on with the interview. Only one more after this one, John. Right. Well, if you don't mind, I'll just make a note of that in the official nothing-to-do-with-anything show logbook. It's a bit old, isn't it? Well, we can't afford paper on this show. Do carry on. Thank you. Thing. Why aren't you wearing your support people who teach potatoes to sing T-shirt as at your first thing tomorrow morning? Because you haven't sent it yet. Well, don't do it again. Or again. Or again after that. Because if you do it again after that, you will be in real trouble. Not fake or pretend trouble. Real trouble. Ah, e. V. Can we get on with the interview now, please? Get on with the interview, he says. I'll interview him in a minute. What I would do if I was Michael Parkinson. So, teaching potatoes to sing, how long have you been doing that? How long? Well, you haven't even let me start yet, have you? You've just been wittering on and on and on. O-N-V... 
I mean, I came here in good faith in a go-kart, the likes of which I'm sure you haven't seen for several years, and not only do you demand answers to your questions, but you also expect me to teach potatoes to sing! You're the one who wanted to come on the show and teach potatoes to sing. You bribed my producer until he said yes. How is that any different from what I just said? Yeah, 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 yeah. Might as well say a cabbage is different to a, a, a staple remover, or a seashell is different to a... Cloak room. Oh, yeah, I've had enough. I am not staying here a moment longer. You're still here. Trying to catch me out, are you? Well, there is a name for people like you. Although I've forgotten what it is. And there doesn't seem to be any sort of name for people like me, which is a... Good old KTEL giant catapults. They don't just help with the nasty things in life like medieval sieges. They're here for the nice things too, like getting rid of people who con producers into letting them appear on podcasts by claiming they can teach potatoes how to sing. Coming soon to this vastly overpriced multiplex in the middle of nowhere. Coming soon, the most exciting motion picture of the year, which doesn't say much for the other 200 or so motion pictures released this year. The name's Marple, Jane Marple. Yes, Marple is back, but has she met her match? Mikkel Zogs is Damien Mantis, the most dangerous man to have ever been in a film like this since the last one. How far away is Miss Marple, Tic Tac? She is within the 10 kilometer exclusion zone, Monsieur Mantis. Let her get as close as possible and then completely fail to kill her. Again, Monsieur? Encore une fois, Tic Tac. You what? I seem to have dropped a stitch. An MI6, Q is the man with the gadgets. Do pay attention, 007. I'm 85. Now, this looks like a cream cake, but it is in fact packed with highly charged explosives. Uh, You'll have to speak up, dear. This looks like a cream cake. Oh, cake? Thank you, dear. Go easy on the glycerin next time. Jane Marple, the world's greatest octogenarian agent with a license to kill and permission to travel on buses for free in the explosive big screen adaptation of Agatha Christie's Never Kill to Die. Everything you could want from a motion picture is here. Exotic locations, beautiful women, and scones. Would Madam like a cup of cocoa before she retires? Oh, yes, please. Shaken, not stirred. That's a bit weird, but Yes, 
007 spells Marple. Unless you turn it upside down, in which case it spells Lou. Quick, Felix, the tenor lady... Uh, oh, too late. Dame Diana Castro is Jane Marple. I'm 85. And Jane Marple is 007 in Never Kill to Die. I need to lie down. Welcome back to Bowler Hat Weekly, where it's time for this week's discussion. On our panel tonight is Roger Carpitz, three-time winner of GQ magazine's I Know More About Bowler Hats Than You Do competition. Two-time winner! Three-time winner sounds better, trust me. Next to him is Norman Rice Cubicles, author of Band of Bowlers, a best-selling account of his hat experiences during the Second World War, which is quite an achievement given that he was born in 1946. That's why the book is so short. Also in the studio is Craig Lunar. Founder of the Stop Throwing Bowler Hats at Me campaign. Good evening. It's Ow! Who threw that? Perhaps I could start with you, Roger. Or perhaps I can't. What do you think, Norman? I don't know. Roger, would you agree? Oh, all right then. Let me bring Craig in here. Hello. I think personally. Ow! Stop throwing hats at me! It wasn't me. Well, who was it? Now, Norman, you were recently arrested for firing bowler hats out of a cannon at a passing dog, weren't you? Well, I don't see what that's got to do with anything. Well said, Norman. In my view, we should concentrate on finding out who keeps throwing barrel hats at me rather than waste time wondering why Norman chooses to fire them at dogs. I quite agree, Craig. Hmm, but if you didn't want to talk about it, Norman, why have you brought your cannon into the studio? Well, somebody said you had a dog. Perhaps at this point in the proceedings, I should bring in the entire population of West Ryslip, who weren't doing anything much tonight. Your thoughts, West Ryslip? <laughs> Yes, I see what you mean. Perhaps I can turn to Craig again. Nope, my neck's completely stuck. And that's all we've got time for this week. Next week, we'll be discussing bowler hats with the Archbishop of Canterbury, the Dean of Westminster, and your father-in-law, if he's available. I mean, I know he's busy with the allotment and putting up new shelves in the kitchen, but if he does have a moment, perhaps you could get him to give us a call on the usual number. Tell him to ask for Betty. Thanks. The Continuing Adventures of Basil the Cylinder. Episode 3. Blimey, it's got as far as a third episode. Get on with it, Anna. We're 21 seconds behind schedule as it is. Right, sorry. In the magic faraway village of Completely Weird on Sea, there lived a happy little cylinder called Basil. One day, Basil and the other three members of his 80s influence pop group were jamming in their magic rehearsal space just past the hysterical laughing bush on Ha Ha Hill. Hold it, hold it. Whatever's the matter, Harold the Hexagon? Something about this song just doesn't sound right, Basil. What do you mean? Simon the Square's Lindrum sounds like it was programmed in 1981, and what I'm playing has early Depeche Mode written all over it. I rather think Nigel the Parallelogram's melody might be the problem. Oh, yeah? What's wrong with my f***ing melody, you f- Well, you're playing it on a calculator for a start. I'll have you know, you f***. Philistine that this calculator was a key instrument on the classic Human League album Dare. Well, can't you play it a little less calculatedly? I'm not taking musical direction from a f***ing square. Now, there's no need to be cubist. F*** this for a game of soldiers. I've had enough of music. I'm off to join Spandau Ballet. Oh, no. Now what are we going to do? 
Hi there, geometrical shapes. Need any help? Phil Oakey, lead singer of the Human League. But how? Sorry, how what? How, how did, did you know we needed your help? I was just passing the hysterical laughing bush and I couldn't help but overhear your dilemma. Ah yes, our new song, Your Dilemma. We're having a little trouble with the melody. Well, maybe I can help. Let's hear what you've got so far. And so, Basil, Harold and Simon started to play. But then, Phil joined in. That was great, Phil. But I really ought to go and ask Nigel the parallelogram whether he's happy with you taking his place in the band. After all, he's been my best friend for longer than you can remember. Longer than I can remember? Yes, longer than I can remember. Who are you again? And so, Basil skipped cylindrically over to Nigel's house on the other side of the hysterical laughing bush. In the kitchen, he found Nigel's wife, Nora, the isosceles triangle, who was cooking the ironing, owing to a slight mix-up. Hello, Basil. Care for some roast trousers? No, thank you, Nora. Have you seen Nigel? Well, he came in a moment ago, and then he rushed back out, and I... Sorry, I can't concentrate. That ridiculous laughing bush is doing my head in. Hold on. That's better. Wait, what's this note here? I've no idea. It looks like a note. Dear everyone, apparently Spandau Ballet have no vacancies for someone with a music degree from the f***ing Guildhall, but I've decided to persevere with my musical quest and I'm off to Sheffield to join the Human League. Oh no, if only he knew. I must speak to PC Rhomboids about this at once. P.S. If Basil calls, tell him he's a f***ing face. found this note in his house, PC Rhomboids. Look! Sorry, what was that you said? You were a bit quiet at the start there. I do beg your pardon. I was fading myself in. No, no, that's quite all right. Basically, what you're saying is Nigel the Parallelogram has gone missing. Exactly. So what's he doing standing behind me then? Hello, Basil. Nigel, but how? Sorry, but how what? How did you end up back here? What about your musical quest? Well, I was about to leave the village when I remembered that my mother always used to say, friendship is far more important than fish. She was off her f***ing trolley those last few years, but you get what she meant. And so, Nigel rejoined the group, just in time to sign a three-album deal with Sony. The group had lots of hit records all around the world, and everyone in the magic village of Completely Weird on Sea lived happily ever after. Except PC Rhomboids, who became a manic depressive. Well, we've almost run out of our allotted time here on today's Nothing To Do With Anything show, which was written and performed by me, John Dredge, along with the producer, Richard Cray. The show also starred Anna Emerson, Greg Haste and James Shakeshaft. And the show was directed in our Frinton studios by... (laughs) 